Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Uh, back and better than ever, presented by Progressive Insurance. Kevin Winter, that was a tour de force. That was the best one-minute Sports Center update I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I can't believe how good that was. That was genuinely epic. Uh, and I'm one who started my career doing that. My uh, aspiration once back at the old station in Chicago when I first started, I was a producer, and my goal was to be the guy reading the update. And, and I, I could never have delivered as much personality <laughs> as that if my life depended on it. I couldn't do it now. I'm the master of, of needing a thousand words when eight would suffice. You just gave me everything I needed to know in one minute. You gave it to me with some s- spice. That was really good. Anyway, you just heard him tell you the thing I was going to start with here. So let's start with it. Baker Mayfield has been released by the Carolina Panthers. Now, there are two stories we can talk about coming out of that. Nuno, you're the producer of this fine radio program, and you're, and you're the one who has great ideas like let's punch Hembo in the face uh, as the result of a wager here. So I'm dying to hear your opinion. Should we pursue the... Does Baker Mayfield now potentially wind up being one of the worst first overall picks of all time angle, which is an interesting one? Or do we pursue what I think could be his next stop? Which is the direction you would like taken here as the producer of this show, Nuno? When I see Jeremy Fowler, who just tweeted a few minutes ago, sources say Mayfield's release was a mutual agreement, you know, as Mayfield has asked for his uh, release and the uh, Panthers have honored it, let's go with option two. Okay, fair enough. Because the first thought I had was, unless something happened internally that they just felt like, well, no matter what else, we just can't keep Baker Mayfield here for the next four weeks. And that seems unlikely. The likeliest scenario is that a very interesting job became available yesterday, and maybe, just maybe, Baker Mayfield is the person to fill it. And that job, obviously, is the one in San Francisco where they have a Super Bowl defense. They have unimaginably good skill position players at every, every level of your offense. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, great offensive line, brilliant play caller. Is it possible that Mayfield and his agent are trying to get him to San Francisco? Where right now the quarterback is Brock Purdy, who th- these two actually are draft bookends, right? Bo- Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft in which he was taken, which happens to have been last year. Baker Mayfield, once upon a time, was the first pick in the draft in which he was taken. And look, something that I've said a million times, and it's hardly an original thought. <coughs> Almost everything in life, when it comes to perception, is about expectation. There is no great, there's no, nothing greater in the world with which you can be armed than low expectations. When people expect very little of you, then suddenly uh, anything you accomplish is deemed a magnificent success. And when people expect everything of you, then anything you accomplish is deemed a failure. So Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland is going to be written as a failure. I think that's overstating it. And I do not believe that the final chapter on his career has been written. I do not think Baker Mayfield will ever live up to being the first pick in the draft. But as Kevin Winter just told you in his spicy sports center, so haven't a lot of people. He's not Jamarcus Russell. He's not, who else was in that? Tim Couch. Tim Couch. Um, Others. He's, right now he's a little more, well, he's not as good as Jeff George. Um, I don't even know who he is, but whoever he is, the final chapter has not been written on this yet. 
If you're San Fr- I guess this is my way of asking the question. If you're San Francisco, you need a quarterback. They're going to elevate Josh Johnson from the um, practice squad or wherever it is that he is. But now your quarterbacks are Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. Would you, Hembo, if you were Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch, would you sign Baker Mayfield? Absolutely. If he makes it through waivers and I have the chance to sign him, Brock Purdy might know the offense and look pretty decent yesterday. And, you know, maybe we heard Dan Orlovsky today on Get Up say he could still thrive in that system. I'll believe it when I see it. We know for sure that when propped up by good weapons and good coaching, Baker Mayfield can lead a team to the playoffs. In 2020, the Browns went 11-5. and He made it to the second round of the playoffs with the 21st-ranked defense in the NFL. Baker Mayfield had the 10th-best QBR in the league that year and was number two on play action. The Kevin Stefanski offense and the Kyle Shanahan offense, or if not brothers, at least cousins, it's a lot of play action. You obviously major in the run game. They have a really, really good offensive line and not a good defense, a great defense, the best defense by a long shot that Baker Mayfield would have ever played with at minimum. You bring him in, see what he's gotten. So long as he's not broken, broken, throw him in there. I think he's a better option than Brock Purdy for sure. I Look, now, is it can he possibly be in there and be up to speed and ready to go and to play well for this team in the next month, which is what they're going to need? Because this is not a long-term play. They just drafted Trey Lance. And that's their long-term. And then we'll see what winds up happening with Garoppolo. Um, so this is all about trying to make a Super Bowl run with a Super Bowl team right this minute. The first thing I thought of when I started hearing on Twitter that that Mayfield was being released was that they did him a solid and he's going to wind up in San Francisco. Mm. And this could become one of the truly fascinating stories. It would be unprecedented. It, it would be something unlike we've ever seen um, in in the history of the NFL for a guy to get cut by another team and sign with another and win the suit. I think crazier things have happened, though. Cr- crazier things. By, by that, I mean the idea that they might try this. I think far crazier things have happened. And this is how good San Francisco is. San Francisco is so good that Brock Purdy, making his first NFL start next week, is a three-point favorite over Tom Brady. <coughs> that team is absolutely loaded. You can't score on them. Right now, teams are scoring on San Francisco at a lower rate, Greeny. Then the Broncos' offense scores themselves. Yeah. This defense has a chance to be historically good with great weapons and great coaching. Baker Mayfield is obviously considerably better and more talented than Brock Purdy. I'm not sure he's not better than Jimmy Garoppolo in all candor, and we know they could win with that guy. Well, you actually just brought up an interesting question. Right now, if I offered you the following two to be your quarterback, if you're in San Francisco, Bubba, put a headset on. If I offered the following choices to be your quarterback in San Francisco for this stretch run, I know that one of them isn't an option. But I offered you Baker Mayfield or Russell Wilson. Which one would you take? I think I'd go Baker. I mean, Russell Wilson right now is worse than Baker Mayfield was in Cleveland. He is. Look, did you watch that game yesterday? (laughs) How how much money would they have to pay you? They kicked three field goals. Their offense yesterday was three field goals, the shortest of which was how long? 41 yards. They they never got closer than that to score. (laughs) Their 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 offense is legendarily bad. Russell Wilson, that, that's going to wind up being, you could talk about worst first picks overall and all that kind of stuff, although that's we might as well just call that the Jamarcus Muscle trophy and, and just give it to whoever wins it every year. But, but, but the worst move ever, like the most, a move that, that just completely devastated a franchise the most of any we've ever seen is, could wind up being in Denver right now. No doubt. I mean, this could wind up being the, the most... 
detrimental offseason that any team has ever had. Oh, let's go back, though. We're going to go back now until 2017. It was the year that Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to San Francisco midseason. Right. Cold. Right. Backing up Tom Brady. Yeah. They went 5-0. and with, with Garoppolo. Right away. Yes, he played great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, so what you're telling me is that you think that, ba- look, Baker Mayfield, we, we have such a perception of him. Again, it's expectations, and it's also his attitude. He's easy not to like. Like, Baker Mayfield has, has spent his entire life, he, he, he will tell it to you. I've had him on the set. I sat right there, the legendary show with Rex and with him and, and with Marcus and everything else that we did at the Super Bowl in January of 20 or whenever that was on the beach in, in Miami. Um, he has he has made a career of being the guy with the chip on his shoulder and he wants to rub it in your face and he isn't going to change who he is and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's who he is. And that guy is easy to root against. Like, he, he wants to be... He's the guy who planted the flag at Oklahoma or whatever it was. Uh, 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 Ohio State. At Ohio State, playing for Oklahoma. Sorry. Like, he wants to be the villain. And that's fine. You can want to be whoever you want to be. Right now, he's the guy whose career is in real jeopardy. But he's good. He's not that bad. He's not as bad as everyone wants him to be because everyone dislikes him and knows he shouldn't have been the first pick in a draft that had Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson in it. But we can't live in that world anymore. He can't be held to that standard anymore. So I do think it makes sense. Fascinating. All right, Greeny with you. Uh, We're live, as always, from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. We'll go back over all of the NFL from yesterday. We'll do some Nuno's notes. He's got some good stuff as we continue. And then there are a lot of non-football things that we have to get to this morning. And I promise, before we finish for this day, we will get to all of that. So stay there. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. If you're just joining us, the big breaking story here, the uh, Carolina Panthers have released um, Baker Mayfield, and our Jeremy Fowler reports that it is on because Mayfield asked to be released. The only explanation for this that makes sense is that the 49ers are going to sign him. That, 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 that Mayfield and his people have to believe that he's headed to San Francisco <clears throat> where they lose Jimmy Garoppolo and give him a couple of weeks, Brock Purdy, do what he can do, and that maybe Mayfield is the guy who can lead this team to a Super Bowl. That, that would be, this is why the NFL is just endlessly fascinating 
So we'll see if it'll happen. I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to get in touch with anybody I can to see what we can find out. If there's any further news, I promise you will get it here immediately. In the meantime, Nuno's notes. Let me go through a couple of things he put in here on the Vikings and the Jets. Here's, here's what Nuno wrote. He wrote, this is the worst thing that could happen to the Jets. They lost and Mike White played well enough that you can't go back to Zach Wilson even if you wanted to. Here's why I disagree, Nuno. I'll let you explain yourself. I actually thought Mike White played well enough to now earn that job. And I tweeted it yesterday. Mike White is the quarterback of the Jets the rest of this season. Win, lose, or draw, and we'll figure out the future when we get there. Mike White showed me that much in the second half of that game. You don't agree? No, I do. And I think that probably ruins their plan of, hey, let's get through the stretch. Let's see some growth with Zach. But at the end of the day, we need Zach you know, to play and to see what we truly have with them. And I think the fact that Mike White played this well, the fact that guys love him so much, Garrett Wilson and Braxton Berrios, what they said after the game when they were talking about Mike White, just in, you at this point in time, the Jets are done with Zach Wilson this year. I agree. I think that's right. And the only thing is I, I didn't take that as a bad thing because <clears throat> to me the alternative was Mike White is a flash in the pan. And at least as of yesterday, I don't think that now. I think that he is—he has the potential to be a good quarterback. Now, I will repeat, he is not going to be Joe Burrow. He is not going to be Josh Allen. He is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. And the reason you drafted Zach Wilson was because you hoped with his talent that he might be. And there's almost no conceivable reason to believe that remains the case. But as I said, we'll deal with the future when we get to the future. Uh, next game that Nuno put in the in the in the document here: Commanders twenty, Giants twenty, and you put in there the coaches scared, horrible drop by Slayton, incompetence by the refs, and some very big spots leads to a tie. Nuno, I think that the reason you wanted Hembo punched in the face today is because that game left you very frustrated yesterday. <laughs> it did, right? It's they go down ten nothing, they fight, they take a you know they take a lead. It looks like they're going to put the game away, right? They have a a huge play to to Darius Slayton, and then John Feliciano gets a uh, a taunting penalty for flexing at Darius Slayton, and then there just there were so many opportunities to actually win that game. There was on that drive, and let me thinking about this, but on that drive that the uh, Commanders tied it, there was a offensive pass interference call against the Commanders that should have been called. That wasn't there was just so much that just when you look at it and you're going to recap and it's going to be why you didn't make the playoffs and this will be the game. ZipRecruiter can fill any job you're hiring for this holiday season. Four out of five ZipRecruiter employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. The next new no note, Packers over the Bears 28-19. And he writes, Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the NFC North. Let me ask the question this way. Right now, Hembo, who would you take next season to be your quarterback? Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, or Justin Fields? If I'm going to give you the option of those four players next year, which one would you take? I would still take Aaron Rodgers. Despite <clears throat> the down year, I, have, it's, I find it very hard to believe that he's actually this bad. And in the case of Justin Fields, for as dynamic and explosive as he is, I want to see him continue to improve as a passer and show me week in and week out he can still do that. Yeah, that, that, I realized as I was asking, it's a bad question because it, it's disrespectful to Rodgers to even put the question that way. Um, if Rodgers is still around, I, I guess I'll change it. 
Justin Fields might be the reason, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, that I got one eye out of town. Huh. Because that division is on the come. Look, I've already told you, I think that the Packers are on their way to being the worst team in the NFC North, and it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. He's the only reason they're not on their way to being one of the worst teams in the NFL. But the Vikings obviously have leaped past them. I think the Lions have leaped past them. The Lions are looking good and going to get better, and the Bears are looking good and going to get better, and they definitively have the quarterback. I'm not convinced that Kirk Cousins ever wins a championship in Minnesota. I'm not convinced Jared Goff wins a championship in Detroit. And while I by no means can sit here at this moment in time and tell you Justin Fields is going to win the Super Bowl in Chicago, I would say he looks like he is every bit the goods. And could we see him take a Jalen Hurts kind of leap or a Josh Allen kind of leap as early as next year? Why not? I mean, there's no obvious reason why He needs not. a receiver, though, right? He was way better in college than Jalen Hurts. He, frankly, he was way better in college than, jo- than Josh Allen. Um, yes, I think there's a... Yes, he needs exact... Well, so, so you just answered your own question. What, does, what, does, what did Hurts get this offseason? He got A.J. Brown. And what did Allen get a couple of years ago? He got Stephon Diggs. And the elevation. So who are those guys? Like, who are the... The Bears have all the free agent money in the world to spend. <laughs> so you build a team through the draft... If you're the Bears, you got all these picks. You got to build up that offensive line. You need a couple of other pieces. But the most important thing you need is you need his best friend. You need the the the, the AJ Brown to his Jalen Hurts. You need the Stephon Diggs to his um, Josh Allen. You you need the guy who you know someday is we're going to say, oh look what he did to put them over the top. So I don't know who those guys are. If you have to make a trade for one, do it. Devontae Adams wasn't a free agent. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. well, actually, he, was he a free agent? I guess he was a free agent. Well, they still had to trade a first and a second yeah, for yeah, him. Right, because they did a trade and sign and trade and all that kind of stuff. But um, there were ways to do it otherwise. I guess what I'm trying to say is that's what you need. If you want Justin Fields to become Aaron Rodgers, you need to get him as Devontae Adams. Mm. I don't know who that is. Well, you have a quarterback on a rookie contract in Justin Fields, so that's the time to pounce. We saw Miami do it as well right. with Tyreek Hill. 100%. And look what an enormous difference it has made for them. Yesterday, of course, notwithstanding. There are no good uh, free agents on the wide receiver market, so what we're going to have to do is find a, 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 pair, a team to pair with the Bears to make that trade to take Justin Fields to the next level. That's right, our job. So, uh, but I think that is the next move there. And then finally, as we wrap up Nuno's notes, uh, Eagles blowing out the Titans. Nuno writes, it's going to take a team to play their best game of the season and for the Eagles to struggle for you to beat them. So, Nuno, let me ask you this. In this competition that we are going to set up, oh. where we have now decided the entire NFC, not just the division, but the entire NFC just comes down to Eagles-Cowboys, which, as far as we're concerned, is Hembo versus Bubba. You are. This suggests to me you are leaning heavily Eagles. Right, I mean, you think the Eagles are the better team and thus the best and and the best team? Is that right? I think if everything is clicking right, if it's that running game, if it's you know Hurts with with AJ Brown and the, those wide receivers, it's I just feel like they are slightly better than the Cowboys. And I know yesterday in that fourth quarter looks great, but like I just that's what I feel at this point in time. So we will see if. Um if that winds up being the way that this thing goes, what do you think over there, Mr. Hembo? When the Cowboys are at their best and the Eagles are at their best, if we got that game, I actually think the Cowboys would win. The Cowboys have more breakaway speed, for lack of a better term. They can put, mm-hmm. you in the, they can put any team in the league in the dust. But 
The Eagles are at their best much more frequently. Much more often do the Eagles play that way. The Eagles this year lead the NFL. They have 43 touchdowns on offense and only 10 giveaways. Jalen Hurts has not played a bad game yet this season. If that game is in Philadelphia, if the NFC Championship game is in Philadelphia, I would favor the Eagles. If it's, if it's in Dallas, I would definitely favor Dallas. That's how close I see these two teams. And, and finally, Bubba, the Cowboy fan, how confident are you right now, mono v. mono, and your worst possible nightmare would be to have your dream season ruined by the Eagles. How confident are you in Big Dal- in, in Dallas yeah. right now? I mean, I, I, kind of, I kind of agree with what Hembo is saying. I think in overall, if you're just saying they're both going to be playing their best, I think the Cowboys are better. We, they clearly, on any given day, could beat anyone with the talent they have if Pollard is doing what he's doing and, and CD can have the game and the defense is great. But then you see, on the other hand, the penalties and they, they played down to the team. So... <laughs> I'm not that confident, honestly. I I, I just don't know because I, I just feel like we're going. We're after so many years of disappointment. I just feel like we're we're on my way to another year of disappointment. They have the talent to easily win the Super Bowl, so hopefully I'll be you know we'll be there. But uh, I I just I I can't I can't get there after all the years of disappointment that I just I just can't have the uh, you know confidence right now. No. Now, real quick, Rini, does this change or does your opinion change if they sign Odell? It does not. I, I do. I think it is extremely unlikely that Odell, this little removed from the injury he suffered in February, winds up being a significant player. I, I think there's been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter, understandable. He's a big star. He's a lightning rod. And when healthy, he's an excellent player. But I think the idea that he's going to come in and be the difference between who makes it to the Super Bowl this year feels unlikely to me. The expectation is he does wind up in Dallas. Uh, coming up next, I'll explain how my KOD this weekend officially became the most powerful force in the entire universe. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted that you're alongside. And again, if you're just joining me, two things. One, my endless thanks to everybody for the nice notes when I was sick last week. It was a rough week. Um, and I'm not 100%, but I'm delighted to be back here, and I appreciate all the very kind messages that we received. Uh, the other thing, if you were just joining us, is that Baker Mayfield has been released by the Panthers, and we on this show are all convinced he's going to wind up in San Francisco. We are waiting for any news on that, and if there is any, I guarantee we will pass it along immediately. The next thing I want to tell you is that I am now the possessor of the most powerful force in the universe. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I want to take you back to Friday night. Friday night, I did what you probably did. I settled in, and I'm going to watch the Pac-12 championship game between USC and Utah, thinking to myself, well, I, I know what's at stake here. If USC winds up winning, then there's, they're going to wind up being the fourth team in the playoff, and there's going to be no drama, no juice, no nothing. They take the quick lead. They're winning 14-3, and they are driving down to score again. And that quarterback, Caleb Williams, who's going to win the Heisman, is just slicing up Utah like a, like a hot knife through butter, to use the most ridiculous expression in the world. And I'm thinking, this, this is over. I mean, they're just going to crush them. We have a group text amongst many of us who work on Get Up. Hembo's part of it. So you saw it. And I texted at 9.05 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. I texted... With USC about to go ahead 21-3, do we even need to do a selection special on Sunday? That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. 9.05 p.m. And do you know who should call me and thank me right now? 
a friend of mine by the name of Jimmy Pataro. Because as of that moment, USC was going to win that game going away, and there would have been no drama yesterday. But then my KOD got in the mix. Immediately, they didn't score a touchdown. They got limited to a field goal, 17-3. The next thing I know, they got obliterated, and then TCU lost. And we had one of the most dramatic selection Sundays that we have ever seen. And as I wrote to the group on Saturday at 4.07, at the very end of that endlessly entertaining Big 12 championship game, I wrote, let's recap. Since I said the selection show was not needed, USC got blown out and TSU, TCU just lost the most exciting football game of the year, setting up drama for Alabama. My KOD is the most powerful force in the universe. I wrote that to the group on Saturday, and I genuinely believe it to be true. You tell me if you were watching that game. Nuno, were you watching the game Friday night, the USC game? I was. Was that, were they about to kill them? I mean, they were about to beat them 100 to 4. Right. And then I, 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 I sent that text. And from that moment forward, the game turned 180 degrees in the opposite direction. <laughs> am I right or am I right? No, I mean, it's all your fault. So when USC wonders what happens and Lincoln Riley again doesn't win a, a big a big game, you know, we can blame you. It's not him. It's me. It was it's crazy. not Lincoln Riley. That it's was me. crazy. You were on the text. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it was ridiculous. On a dime. It flipped. It literally flipped that I, second. I te- I texted. They're about to go ahead 21-3. Like, I, I, I gave them the touchdown that they never scored. <laughs> my text was that far wrong. I should have logged into my DraftKings app and immediately put money. You should have bet everything you own on Utah. <laughs> my, my, my KOD is genuinely the most powerful force in the universe. So that begat yesterday, of course, and it's Ohio State that gets in and not Alabama. And that's going to be the big storyline coming out of yesterday. And I'm just going to say the following. I believe that the selection committee got it exactly right. And here's why. Because their job is not, cannot be, and should never be mistaken for being picking the four best teams. The very concept of that insults my intelligence as though a bunch of people, as my old friend Trevor Maddich used to say, eating shrimp and croissants in a room someplace get to decide who the best teams are in sports. That's why these games get played. You can only pick the four most deserving teams, not the four best. Because I might think four teams are the best, and you might think another four, you might think another four, and you know what? None of us knows. Because none of us would say LSU was better than Alabama, and none of us would say a million of, of results that wind up taking place, and that's why we love sports. And so I've been saying this about the NCAA basketball tournament forever, and now it applies here. If they had put Alabama in, then the message they would have been sending should might as well have just been, we're going to decide this before the season starts. Do I think Alabama is one of the four best teams? Yes, I do. And I think Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time, and I love him. And there was a part of me that was hoping they'd put him in yesterday just for the chaos and because it might have made what happens next month more exciting. But at the end of the day, fair is fair. I watch them play every single weekend. With their resume, if you would put Alabama in, it would have been one of the, the, the true injustices that I have seen in a long time. So I don't care who gets mad at me for saying that. I'm right. Do I think they're one of the four best teams? Yes. If they play TCU on a neutral field right now, would they be a double-digit favorite? Yes. Would they beat them? I don't know. And that's the point. And neither do you. Because you didn't think that Tennessee was going to beat them either. And you didn't think Texas A&M was going to have the chance to beat them at the very finish either. And you didn't think they were going to barely squeak by Texas. You go find me the game this year, and an honest moment, Nick would tell you this, that they look like one of the best teams in the country. 
They have the best players. They never looked it. So I and no, I am a hundred percent think that the committee got it right. And the other thing they got right is leaving TCU three and Ohio State four because they are lying to your face when they tell you that they do not try to avoid the rematch. Lying to your face. The idea they set this up last week. Michigan should have been one last week. After that win against Ohio State, Michigan should have been number one. But they're crafty. This committee knows what they're doing. They put Georgia number one and Michigan number two because they saw this coming. They knew that Ohio State was going to be in the position to pounce, and they didn't want to have to count on the fact that they could flip-flop one and two and keep Michigan and Ohio State away from each other. You think it's a coincidence that Georgia and Alabama never play each other in the semifinals? These things don't happen by accident. So they set that up last week. Now, as it turned out, as a result of the two games on Saturday, maybe you could have justified flipping Georgia and Michigan anyway because Georgia looked so good and Michigan not as good. But that's neither here nor there. But you don't want Ohio State-Michigan in the semifinal. You don't. You got the games, considering that they were the right teams, you got the games you want. Now, Hembo was going to tell you, because he deserves a punch in the face, that this screws Georgia because they should be getting the easier matchup, which is TCU, rather than the harder matchup, which is Ohio State. And my answer to you is, go back over the history of college football. How long have they been playing college football? Since the 1880s, I so think. So we're talking about 100, really rapidly approaching 150 years. Mm-hmm. Show me the last time any decision was ever made where the primary consideration was what's fair to the players. I'm waiting. Go back and find it. It's never happened, and it never will be. An organization that is built upon doing what is best for the student-athletes always puts what's best for the student-athletes last. And whether or not this is fair to the kids at Georgia is so low on the list of priorities for these people that it can't even be found. You have to open up like a scroll like they used to have in medieval times, and all the way down at the bottom it would say, but it's not fair to Georgia. No one gives a damn. So that's why they got it exactly right. No one wants to see the other matchup. The TV ratings are what matters. All of that stuff. This is all, always has been and always will be about what is in everyone's best interest before we get to the players. And that will not and has not changed. By the way, 1869 is the answer to your question. So tell me this. Let's say we lived in a world in which Georgia's the number one seed, Michigan's the number two, as they should be, in my Mm -hmm. judgment. And Kirby Smart on that selection show got to pick the team that his team was going to play in the first round of the playoffs, would he choose TCU or would he choose Ohio State? Of course he would choose TCU. Does that count for anything? No. Why not? Because they don't care. Because they don't want the TV rating of Ohio State-Michigan in the semifinal. They want to leave that possibility open for the championship. How in the world is that a data point? How is that uh, an item of consideration for a committee that's putting four teams in a tournament in order based upon how good they are? Are you kidding me? Did they put the four best teams in? These guys don't work for ESPN. They, they work for the college football playoffs. Is TCU better than Alabama? Absolutely not. Then, then why didn't they put Alabama in? Well, because Alabama would be indefensible. They have two losses and could have lost four or five games. Mm-hmm. Could you defend putting TCU and Ohio State the way they did? I mean, why is TCU three and Ohio State four? Probably for the reason that you pointed out, which I disagree with. So TCU is a non-conference champion. Ohio State is a non-conference champion. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's loss comes against a team that they rank number two. Mm-hmm. TCU's loss comes against a team that they rank somewhere lower than that. I forget exactly they what 10. they are. They finished 10. It was a much more competitive game, of course. It was one of the best games you'll ever see. It was one of the craziest finishes of all time. But they don't put the... I cannot believe that you are actually making the argument that one of the things that should be taken into consideration in here is fairness. 
because if fairness to the student-athlete had ever been considered, the entire sport as we know it would be configured completely differently. And I can't believe that you're using the possibility of what the TV rating might be as a data point as well. That to me is, like, I understand that that's a, that's a thing that many people say. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if I'm in the committee room, that is not my job to determine how many people watch these three games. It is my job to put forth the best tournament. If you're doing that job, Ohio State is definitely three, and TCU is definitely four because there is not a single football coach in America that would rather play Ohio State than TCU. There also, not one. There also isn't a single coach who would rather play Al, uh, wouldn't rather play Alabama than TCU. But at least uh, excluding Alabama is defensible based upon the resume. Nah. They got the four right teams, just not in the right order. You know what? We've now identified what you are. We're just figuring out your cost. Here's the deal. Yeah. Best. Most deserving. The point of the committee is so that Venn diagram can intersect. We had the BCS Mm -hmm. to tell us who was the most deserving. We didn't need a bunch of people paying a lot of money to eat shrimp and croissants. What those people need to do is make football judgments in comparison to the resumes. And if you're using a football judgment, you can't come to the conclusion that TCU deserves to be ranked ahead of Ohio State. Why? Because they're not nearly as good. but, But lots of teams that aren't nearly as good wind up accomplishing more and then winning. Uh, that happens all the time. Here's the deal. You're Ohio- telling me that TCU has no chance to beat Michigan, but Ohio State has a chance to beat Georgia. Yes, for sure. No, they have no chance to beat Michigan. Ohio State played 23 good halves this year and one bad half. It is selective outrage. The fact that they played badly in the game that the most people watched, right, at home, against, by the way, the second best team in the country. TCU played half a dozen halves that bad. We just didn't watch or care. TCU is not close to as good as Ohio State. They belong in the tournament, but not ahead of Ohio State. Well, your, your beloved um, FPI has been in love with TCU from the very beginning of the season, hasn't it? Uh, TCU. They were the ones who told me that they, they, you were the one who told me based on these numbers they could lose this past weekend and it wouldn't matter. And, that, and I was right. No, I understand I that, right. but, but I feel like you're arguing two things at the same time. I'm not, I told you what the numbers said. Now I'm, I'm also giving you my commentary, my opinion. My opinion is that there, it, like, the, there is no point of having people make these decisions if they're not going to make a football judgment that's, that says Ohio State is not better than TCU. That is, it is just outrageous. Well, to me, that, that would be making the same, that would be make, the, the same people would be making the same faulty decision based upon Alabama and TCU. Maybe so. You're either put, you're putting the teams in there based on what they accomplished. If you type into a computer all the things that these teams accomplished, you you spit out TCU accomplished more than Ohio State did, whether I agree with it or not. All right, I want to go to a couple of more things in here. Quickly, Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with the easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Monday Night Football tonight, Tampa, New Orleans. I like the Saints because they always beat uh, the Buccaneers, even when Brady's teams have been good, and right now they stink. I've stopped, I've stopped riding the bandwagon for Brady and the Bucks. They lost me last week. I think New Orleans winds up winning the game on the road tonight. One last thing, and Hembo said it to me great this morning, and Nuno, you will appreciate this, that yesterday a committee of people, the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee, faced the following decisions. They had a ballot in which Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens' names all appeared. So did Don Mattingly's. So did Rafael Palmero. And the one person who got voted into the Hall of Fame unanimously was Fred McGriff. (laughs) And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about 
what has been done to baseball and its most sacred institution, then I don't know what possibly could. And look, congratulations to Fred McGriff. I, 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 I hope it does not sound like I'm diminishing the career of Fred McGriff. I'm happy Fred McGriff is in the Hall of Fame. But any committee that gives serious consideration to Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Fred McGriff and comes out saying, oh, we're putting in the crime dog. We need to start asking other people. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You got the rest of the time. There were 16 people on this committee. Literally, all 16 of them, like you said, voted for McGriff. And Bonds and Clemens and Palmero all got less than four votes. This was never anything more than a sham. It was intended to put Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame and to make it certain <coughs> that Bonds and Clemens and no other steroid guy would ever get in the Hall of Fame. Bonds, Clemens, and Palmero's votes combined wouldn't have gotten one person into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. But Fred McGriff was a unanimous choice. Uh, there's a million things we didn't get to today. That's what makes it great. It's good to be back. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 